the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Good morning, Happy you guys. Monday. Happy yes, Monday. Yes, it's going to be another beauty. Yes, yes. Hey, it's pretty pretty fancy in here. Gary Simak's already here. Shh, right. don't tell. Yay. He's here. Famous. We're so happy he's that here. Is fancy. Live and in person, <laughs> Gary. It's great to have you with us. Great to be here. Great oh. to be here once again. Well, we will hear more from Gary later. Today is the Feast of St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. We'll start this morning with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Convert us, O God, our Savior, and instruct our minds by heavenly teaching that we may benefit from the works of Lent. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Saint Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. Pray for us. We are one week away from our spring drive time fundraiser. This is an on-air fundraiser, and it's happening next Monday, March 6th through Friday, March 10th. Regular programming will not be interrupted during this time, but we do need your help. So to keep Catholic Community Media on the air, to keep broadcasting your favorite shows like Wake Up. So save those dates all next week, Monday, March 6th through Friday, March 10th. We have a great show for you today, starting off with Caroline Thriffily. She's going to be joining us. She's a director of development for Notre Dame Seminary, and their 100th anniversary gala and auction is coming up, you guys. And this is such a fun event. I've been to a few of them, and it is just amazing to support the seminarians uh, and to see how many people in the area support vocations and the seminarians. Of course, we continue to pray for those as well. So Caroline will give us details about that in six minutes. In 18 minutes, Chris O'Neill joins us. He's the director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming Catholic Men's Conference. In 35 minutes, Gary Zimak joins Alicia and Damian in the Baton Rouge studio, Catholic speaker and author, and he is over here in the Louisiana area, particularly the North Shore area, to talk about his Lenten missions. So looking forward to hearing from Gary today live and in person. And in 48 minutes, Dr. David Whitten will join Damian in the Baton Rouge studio. Dr. Whitten is a professor of theology over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, also known as FranU. And today he's talking about almsgiving and Lent. So a full show today. And Damian, I don't know about you, but the weather this weekend was incredible. And looking forward to a great week. Oh, yes. Um, What you've been seeing is probably what you're going to get. And I hope everyone has been out enjoying this beautiful weather. It, it's almost like summer, but yet it's still winter. Right. That and humidity it, is it's like there. we almost skipped spring. 
But that's okay <laughs> because it's not real hot. Right. Because yeah. of the breeze that keeps blowing. And we'll get into that in just a second. But partly cloudy skies today and pretty much through the rest of the week. Uh, clouds will be moving in this afternoon. We may see a stray shower, but don't really expect it. 15% chance of rain now through Friday. So uh, don't worry about carrying an umbrella with you. It'll be something you could probably dodge. High today is going to be 80. Low is going to be 65. Temperatures tomorrow through Thursday pretty much the same. High is going to creep up all the way up to the mid to upper 80s. But again, as I said, slight chance of rain. Winds, though, 15 to 25 miles an hour. So be careful of that. Temperatures very odd. 72 degrees across the board. Where you're in Baton Rouge, Home of Thibodeau, Gulfport, Covington, New Orleans, it's 72. That's your temps. Those are, that's your, also your forecast. Don't go too far. We have events coming up, plus the gospel on Wake Up. Good Monday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 25. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink, a stranger, and you welcomed me, naked, and you clothed me, ill, and you cared for me, and in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. Caroline Thriftily joins us. It is nine past the hour on Wake Up. Caroline is the Director of Development for Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. And today she joins us to give us a little bit more detail about the 100th anniversary gala and auction for the seminary. Good morning, Caroline. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so I have been to the Notre Dame Seminary Gala and Auction. It is such a fun event, I have to say. It is one of my favorite ones of the year. This one in particular is quite special, the 100th anniversary of the seminary. So fun looking at pictures from the Clarion Herald the other day on the history of the seminary. But give us details about this wonderful event. Yes, thank you so much. So we are so excited to host our 
100th anniversary Gallon auction this year on Saturday, March 25th, which is also the Feast of the Annunciation. And like you said, it's an exciting time here at the seminary. We're kicking off our, you know, 100-year anniversary celebrations with this Gallon auction um, as we celebrate our 100th year of ministry. And so the event on Saturday, March 25th, the evening begins with the patron party um, at 6 o'clock p.m., and then the Gallon auction will follow from 7 to 10 p.m. It's held here on our historic campus in the main building of the seminary. Guests are able to enjoy um, a silent auction and a live auction, great drinks, delicious food from restaurants all across the city. Everybody's favorite is typically the dessert room, which, again, <laughs> yes. is on the Feast of the Annunciation. So if you gave up sweets for light, you can, you can enjoy them that evening, too. So, And then we have our talented seminarians who provide beautiful music throughout the evening. Um, it really is just a great night to spend with family, friends, seminarians. All the seminarians work the event, so it's a great time to interact with them and get to know them and, and see exactly where, you know, the funds that we're raising from this event are supporting these guys directly. So it's a, it's a great night to spend with them. You're absolutely right. You have f- amazing food, and Catholic Community Media is going to serve sliders that night like we do, and it's delicious, so make sure you catch David Dawson in a Catholic Community Media apron over there. But that dessert yeah. room, Caroline, it- it's overwhelming, but it's it's <laughs> something I've really never seen before at a gala. I know. We're, yeah, we have generous you know, donors and, and restaurants <laughs> and bakeries from all across the city, and so Swiss Bakery and La Louisiane Bakery and these great mm. <clears throat> bakeries that just donate their delicious sweets. And it's, you know, it's, the unfortunate part is our events during Lent. So sometimes people can't enjoy that part of it. But for the Feast of the Annunciation, we can. Absolutely. So tell us the proceeds of the gala and auction. Uh, what will they go toward? Yeah, so of course, all funds raised from our gala and auction go directly to support um, the priestly formation programs here at the seminary. And so you know, the future of our church is, is stronger because of these men who are so committed to their formation on, on all levels, intellectually, spiritually, pastorally. Um, and from my point of view, it's just so beautiful to be able to invest in the formation of our future pastors and our future leaders, because they're going to continue to build up, you know, the body of Christ in our church for years and years to come. And the quality of formation here at NDS is leading to the ordination of men who are holy, who are competent, and who are fully prepared for, like, the ministry that they're going to participate in the church. And so it's a beautiful thing to be a part of, and we are so grateful that we have supporters who want to continue that mission and support that mission. And and so that's where all of the funds from this event go. How has it been going so far with the school year and the study that the seminarians are going through as they prepare for this journey that they have toward uh, the priesthood? How is it going this year? Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, we're, we're, at, we're at a strong enrollment of about 120 seminarians, and, and like I said, they're fully committed to this process, and there's always a great energy. It's, it's a great place to, to come to every day and be able to, to see firsthand how these guys are preparing for for their vocation and for um for the priesthood and so it's exciting they're always they're always happy they always have things going on and in addition to classwork and their ministry work they're you know they had a super bowl party a few weekends ago and they enjoyed the mardi gras (laughs) break and so they're still participating in those fun activities and just a really great brotherhood that they have here at the seminary too i love it caroline one more time give us details on the 100th anniversary gala and auction yes so again that Gala and auction is on Saturday, March 25th, 6 to 10 p.m. Tickets are available online now at www.bidpal.net slash NDS Gala 
or you can also go to the nds.edu website and there is a button on the home page that you can click that'll take you to the website to buy tickets and we are also still accepting auction items we're looking for auction item donations for our silent and live auction and so um, we can we can use items like that too for the for the auction Wonderful. Caroline Thriffley, Director of Development over at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Gabby. I appreciate it. God bless. Absolutely. I did link the event in our comment section for today's Facebook live video. That is Wake Up Mondays. You can take a look at that. Also, if you have uh, Lenten dinners, fish fry dinners happening at your church parish on Fridays during Lent, you can send them our way. We'll post them on our calendar for free. Lenten missions, send them our way. Again, go to ccmedia.live, click on events and news. We'll post that on our calendar, or you can go to our calendar at our website at ccmedia.live and take a look at the plethora of different events and fish fries that you can attend during Lent. We'll stay with us. Chris O'Neill from the Office of Marriage and Family Life in the Archdiocese joins us when we return from the break. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 27th. Today we celebrate St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. Brushes with serious illness, as well as the early death of his mother and his favorite sister, prompted today's saint to believe that he was called to religious life. He entered the Passionist Novitiate in 1856 taking the name Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. Ever popular and cheerful, Gabriel sought to be faithful in little things. His spirit of prayer, love for the poor, consideration for the feelings of others, and his personal penances impressed everyone. As he prepared for the priesthood, Gabriel's superiors had great expectations. But after only four years of religious life, he developed tuberculosis. He patiently and quietly bore the painful effects of the disease and the restrictions it required. Gabriel died in 1862 at age 24. The parallels between his life and that of St. Therese, the little flower, are compelling. Both died of tuberculosis at 24, emphasized that sanctity lies in small acts of kindness, and were known for their cheerfulness. But there was one key difference. Therese left behind her autobiography, The Story of a Soul. Shortly before he died, Gabriel discarded notes he had been keeping on his spiritual life. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour on Wake Up. Thank you so much. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. And our next guest is Chris O'Neill. Chris is the director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today he joins us to talk about the upcoming New Orleans Catholic Men's Conference. This is such a widely attended event, and it's happening this weekend. Good morning, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Okay. We just got off of the Baton Rouge Catholic Men's Conference. I was there as a vendor, and it was absolutely incredible to see how many men attended this event. And I know because I've been to the one in New Orleans as a vendor. <laughs> and so because we asked, how'd you get in? Okay, so this one is also widely attended. It's incredible to see how many people go to the men's conference. So give us details about the one coming up this weekend. Yeah, the men's conference is this weekend, Saturday, the March, March 4th. 
Um, it's at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Metairie. Uh, registrations are online at nolacatholicmen.com. We're going to be accepting registrations until about midweek this week, um, and then we have to close them down so we can, you know, do last-minute preparations, but we will be accepting uh, walk-ins at the door, too. So you can just show up on Sunday, on Saturday, and sign up there. We'd much rather you do it online, so please go to NOLA Catholic Men and register, uh, but we will be accepting walk-ups that day. It'll include breakfast. The day starts at uh, 8 o'clock. We'll have breakfast and coffee and um, sign-ins, and then we'll have we'll have lunch. We have really great speakers. Uh, Sam Blair, who spoke at the uh, men's mm-hmm. conference in Baton Rouge just this weekend will be speaking with us. We had him first, and then they poached us, those <laughs> Baton Rouge people. Uh, but in any case, he'll be here. Um, we have uh, Dr. DeCarlos Blackman from the Diocese of Austin, and then um, some of you guys know Gomer, uh, what's his name, uh, Michael Gormley, who's on the Catching Foxes podcast. He'll be mm-hmm. our speaker there. Uh, but like as you said, I mean, the real reason to go is to just be in the same room with hundreds of other guys praying together. I mean, the best experience is to hear the voice of hundreds of men uh, praying in Our Father, praying the Rosary, praying before the Blessed Sacrament, listening to the same uh, encouraging words and having conversations about it going to confessions. We have dozens of priests who've signed up to come, literally dozens of priests have signed Mm -hmm. up to hear confessions. We'll have confessions all day. It's a really great way to begin your your Lenten journey. You're surely going to find a priest that you don't know there, so that's really great for those of you who are scared about that kind of stuff. and it's just a, it's just a great day. It's it's uh it's it's necessary for us to come together. It's necessary for us to uh to pray together, to be reminded of how big the church actually still is, to be reminded of how much God is doing in the lives of other people that that we as men are not the, we're not the only ones who care about these things. We're not the only mm-hmm. ones who are striving to be better versions of ourselves, the only ones who are trying to live a moral life or trying to develop our prayer life. You know, in the world that we live in, it can just feel very isolating alone. It can feel like I'm the only one who cares about these things. And, and you're not. There's lots of guys who care about this. There's a lot of guys who are striving after holiness and to be encouraged by being in the same room with them all uh, and to be part of the number of them all, uh, that's just the real reason to go. Um, Archbishop Amen will be there. He's going to be the homeless for Mass uh, at the end of the day. Um, he'll be hearing confessions, too. Um, it's just going to be a great day. And so I just would mm-hmm. encourage everyone to go out. All of the wives that are listening, tell your husbands that you want them to go. I mean, a lot of guys are a, hesitant we've learned this a lot of guys are hesitant to go because you know they're busy they've got other things to do they've got things in their family they you know they have they they think that they have expectations from their wives and from their families um so if you know your wife or your girlfriend or you know if you have a significant man in your life you know give him permission to go because he needs that permission uh because sometimes Mm -hmm. they're like afraid that they need to they're neglecting you and so you know, it, just let your let your guys know that their spiritual life is important to you, um, and uh, and and then they'll continue to pursue that better. So, anyway, it's a great day. 
hope you're all there. We'll, I can't wait to see you all there. Most definitely. Chris, I see so many dads go with their sons and even young boys who are in elementary school, middle school, and some even in high school. How important is it for dads to bring their sons? It's super important for dads to bring their sons. Now, our conference is really designed for adult men. So it's 18 plus is really what it's designed for just so that, you know, we can be very frank about the things that we talk about. Um, So just Mm -hmm. to be aware of that. But um, you know, you have a young, mature, you know, adult or going on adult man, son, and you, this conference is for you. But in general, in principle, not only for the men's conference, but in terms of the spiritual life, it's the dad's role to introduce his children, especially his sons, into the spiritual life, you know, into the life of yeah. prayer to say, like, this is an important part of what it means to be able to be a fully developed, fully mature, you know, responsible man in the world who knows how to love God and his neighbor. Um, you learn, you, you're introduced to your spiritual life through your dad. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of us didn't have that example from our dad, and we know how difficult the convert, how difficult it was for us to convert. Um, but, you know, you're, a dad can really guide that transition into a mature faith by by um, introducing your son to the spiritual life. It's critically important. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that age group as well. I saw a lot of college students and I see a lot of college students going or high schoolers as well. Um, Chris, talk about, you know, it's a Saturday morning and it's an all day Saturday event. It's a commitment, but the fruits that you get from this day are absolutely incredible, at least from what I've seen. And I don't know if I'm just very observant during mass and I am paying attention, but I see a lot of sons and daughters look at their dads during mass to see what they what they're doing. If their dad does a certain thing, they do a certain thing. At least the little kids is what I'm seeing. They're watching their fathers and mimicking them. It's so important to kind of see because I think there's more pressure on men these days um, to provide, to be perfect, and to be that father figure than ever before. Yeah, well, you know, the the more broad research on this um, has, has borne that out as well, like across cultures that mm-hmm. um, children follow the religious practices of their fathers in it's the it's it's I think it's I think it's the greatest factor of uh, of the cultural influence about what will influence an adult child's um, faith will be the faith of the father when they were children um, and that's and that's that's born all across the way and and I think it's because of the dynamic of mothers and fathers in a family. I mean, we need our moms. Our moms are the ones who get, who reassure us that we're loved, we're cared for, there's, there's a home to land, there's a soft place to land, you know. Mom's going to cook a meal for you. Mom's going to listen to you. And, you know, when you, we got to have that reassurance to be able to, to take the risks we need to take when we're living in, the, living in this difficult world. But it's mm-hmm. your dad that helps you to understand what's reliable, like what – is the right way to go what's the best way to go i mean people who sell power tools know this that if you if your dad uses dewalt power tools the son is more likely to use a lot more likely to use dewalt power tools because you learn from your dad oh that's the best tool out there you know Mm -hmm. it's, it's that kind of thing um and so when your children become adults and they say it's no longer because of dad but 
I see for myself that this is the truth. That's what yeah. a real beautiful conversion happens. But that, but as I said, dads kind of help introduce that, uh, you know, introduce the Lord to the child, the child and the child to the Lord so that the child can have a relationship with the Lord directly. And then, you know, as, you know, dads know this, as you get much older, you get that John the Baptist kind of thing, you know, you know, he <laughs> must increase and I must decrease. And, you know, you want to see your sons as adult men out in the world, living a responsible, good life, taking care of other people, taking care of their families. You know, maybe they have a religious vocation, they're priests or whatever, and it's and they're doing it themselves. Um, and dads have a huge, huge role in yeah. kind of setting up the environment where that can happen. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Chris O'Neill, Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Where can we go to sign up and find out more information on the men's conference happening this Saturday? NOLACatholicMen.com. 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 You can find us on um, Instagram at NOLACatholicMen. You can find us on Facebook at NOLACatholicMen. And NOLACatholicMen.com is the website where you can register and sign up and get all the details about the day and what's going on there. Um, and so, yeah, don't wait, because it's, it's happening this weekend, this very weekend. So don't wait. Sign up today. Get there. And we'll see you on Saturday. Most definitely. Thank you so much, Chris, for being with us and praying for a successful Saturday and men's conference over at St. Catherine Siena in, Ural- in Metairie. Uh, thank you so much, Great. Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you so much. See y'all on Saturday. All right. Well, Alicia and Damien will be with Gary Zimak in the Baton Rouge studio right after the break. Gary is a Catholic speaker and author. You don't want to miss this wonderful interview. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Good morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. Make sure you save those dates Monday, March 6th through Friday, March 10th. It's drive time. That's our on-air fundraiser. This time we're doing it differently. You can still catch all your favorite shows on Catholic Community Radio, but we'll have some special uh, words from special guests during the break. So be sure to tune in. It'll be a fun way uh, to change it up this time. We also want to welcome our new viewers on Catholic Life TV in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Well, I have been able to visit most of the show definitely during all the breaks with our next guest. It's wonderful friend of Catholic Community Radio, Gary Zimak. It's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Alicia, this is here. fun. We've already started our interview off the air. <laughs> we We've solved all the problems. <laughs> We've solved a worry. And uh, well, let me just tell you a little bit about Gary. If you're not familiar with him, you should be. Uh, he is a Catholic speaker and author. Uh, some Here's just a, a couple of his books, Stop Worrying and Start Living, uh, From Fear to Faith. And the most popular, I think, yeah. is Give Up Worry for Lent. Yeah, right? with, without a doubt, Give Up Worry for Lent is my best-selling book. And, and every year, it continues to sell awesome. more and more. Sold out on Amazon once again. 
love it. You know, I love it. So let's before uh, we we start talking about worrying, giving it up. Sure. You are here in Louisiana, which is exciting in person. You are going to be in on the North Shore this week. So tell us about the the Lenten mission you're giving. I am, uh, Alicia. We begin a Give Up Worry for Lent parish mission at Mary Queen of Peace in um, Mandeville tonight at 7 p.m. We're there tonight, tomorrow, and then Wednesday night, 7 p.m. each night. And I am really excited. I'm That's really awesome. excited to deliver this message. That's awesome. You know, to, to help uh, people give up Worry for Lent. In fact, this year, I'm doing seven Give Up Worry for Lent parish missions. We had a start before Lent. This is the most wow. I've ever done. Wow. This is the third of seven. So. We are worriers. So it's <laughs> good that you're here. So is it too late for people to go? Do you have to sign up for oh, the Lent at all. Mary Queen? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Please okay. show up. Please okay. show up. So and, you- and Alicia, I do want to say, and I mentioned this at all the masses when I spoke yesterday, if you can't make all three nights, come on the nights you can. Okay, mm-hmm. You know, yes. people sometimes think, well, I can't make all the nights. Can mm-hmm. I come to one? Yes, please. Come to all of them if you can. Right. But come to the ones you, you can. Okay. It's, it's really important. Don't worry if you can't make them all. Don't worry. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Okay. You can also find out more about uh, Gary at followingthetruth.com. want to make sure we get that out there. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things, I get it at daily email from Gary. It's a less than a five-minute yeah. read. Yeah. Uh, and and it just helps you with 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 your worry, your anxiety, even if you're not particularly anxious that day. Yeah. Just a wonderful way. So folks can go to followingthetruth.com to sign up for that. Yeah, as well. all they need to do is give their email address. And you know that's really taken off. That's something I started a couple years ago, and people really appreciate that. That's great. So yeah, that's a, a way to connect with uh, you know with one another. We walk together. Yes. Through life. Yes, that's awesome. Well, let's. Uh, particularly for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, right. if, if they might not be, give us a little bit of history about why uh, you you travel all over. You've written several books. You have another one in them in, the, in, the, uh, in the works here, but all about worry and anxiety. What led you to that, to talking about it and writing about it? Because I have always been an anxious person, Alicia, and I found that my relationship with Christ changed everything, and it wasn't always that wow. way. From a, from a very early age, I worried about so many things. I always went to Mass. I never fell away from the church. I went to Catholic school for 12 years, but I never made the connection that Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Wow. I never realized he was real. Yes. And once I finally started paying attention and really had that encounter with him, and he changed my life. I, I understood that I have to share this with people. So me and Jesus have been, uh, you know, we, we have, I, I would think, a good relationship right now. It can always get better, yes. but it's changed my life. Wow. I'm still anxious by nature. Yes. I'm one of those people who, te- we were talking off air, mm-hmm. I tend to panic. But then I've, I remember, like Peter trying to walk on the water, right. when I begin <laughs> to sink, Lord save me. Lord save me, yes. Right. When yes. did that happen in your life? 2004, Damien. Uh-huh. That was the big one. Um, when I had a, a medical scare, ended oh. up being nothing. But my brand, of, my specialty when it comes to worry is I'm a hypochondriac. I always have been, mm-hmm. always worried about my health. Mm-hmm. The Lord got my attention, and that was a big change. That was a huge change in my life, and I never looked back after that point. And I never, full, I never expected to be doing this full time. Never expected once, once I went full time. I wanted to be the next Scott Hahn. You know, I was going mm-hmm. to be a great evangelist, mm-hmm. but I'm not Scott Hahn. Scott Hahn is Scott Hahn. 
what I realized is that the Lord was calling me to to, to speak to warriors, people yeah. like me. Wow. And uh, so that's I've embraced that now. That's amazing. So we were talking in the break too, Gary, about um, about we, we hear that worry and anxiety are not things that are of God. Right. And and so if we are worriers and anxious people, as you and I have shared that, that we can be, right? right. Um, how do we hear that message that it's not of God and still not worry more? So that, that makes me right, want right. to worry more, You're, right? Exactly, like, exactly. I, I think the thing to remember is that fear is an emotion. Worry originates from fear. Worry is a response to fear. It's not a good response. Right. Prayer, concern, they're good responses to fear. There are times when I should be afraid, and God gives me the, the emotion of fear so I can do something about it. Yes. And one of the things people who are anxious can do when they're afraid is to pray. And that's what we don't tend to do because we tend to just go out of control right, and start spin to out. right <laughs> yeah. to worry. And one of the best uh, definitions of worry that I've heard is worry is a conversation we have with ourselves about things we cannot change, but uh -huh. prayer is a conversation we have with God about things He can change. He can change. So yeah, that's what the that's Lord wants beautiful. us to do. Jesus told us, "Do not worry." I mean, but most of us we ignore it. We've heard it for so many right. years, mm -hmm. but. I was thinking about that. I was praying this morning, and I was thinking about this, and the, I think the Lord gave me this. Sometimes we, our expectations of what the Lord can do for us are too low. And I've heard people say, faithful Catholics say, oh, everybody worries. Uh, Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry, right? So it must be possible to not worry. Yes. And I think that's the trick. When I begin to panic, I turn to him and ask for help. And then I can still be afraid. I can't control my emotions, yes. but I can control how I respond. Control your response. And I think that's what it comes and down to. And that's something that happens overnight, right? No, this is a this is a process. I still work on it. Yes. You know, yes. the other night, I, I'm a control freak, right? We, we were talking about right? this. I like to right. control. Yeah. Yesterday, my wife calls me. Now, it's hard for me to be away from home because I want to protect my family. Mm -hmm. The tire pressure gauge is going off. And, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, what a, she's going to get a flat tire. I, and we had to walk through the process mm -hmm. of, and my wife depends on me to get the tires inflated. Of course, and the, yeah. when that light goes off, it's a constant source of stress. But she went, she handled it. I prayed. Yeah. She got the air in the tires. Things are okay now. But, you know, it's hard for me. I want to tend to control this. But this is a case where I can't do anything about right. it. So I took it to the Lord in prayer. But first I panicked. Right. 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 I thought, how can I fix this? <laughs> well, and, we, you know, I often think of that image of Peter. Uh, you know, there's a wonderful painting of just his hand coming out yep. of the water and like, yep. you know, and, and it just we only have two minutes left or a minute left, but but when we feel like that water is coming in, sometimes our first response isn't to pray because all we can Correct. see is that water. Correct. So give us a quick tip of... of <laughs> in 30 seconds tell us what remember to do. peter's <laughs> prayer three words yes. lord save me lord save i me. use it all the time it works it doesn't have to be more complicated than that lord save me wonderful gary zimak i can't believe it's our time is i know this isn't you. fair but you and i get to go have coffee and chat <laughs> some more uh following the truth.com yes. and tell us one more time what time the mission is and where it is tonight 7 p.m at mary queen of peace in mandeville in mandeville just off okay. the causeway just off the causeway. You do not have to let them know you're coming. That's you can correct. just show up tonight. It's tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday night. Exactly. All at 7 p.m. You do not have to worry if you can't make all of them. That's
right. right. You can go that's to one, right. two, or all three of them. Such a pleasure having you with us this morning, Gary. Thank you so much for Thank joining you, us. Thank you, Alicia. I what really appreciate it. Well, stick around. Our friend, Dr. David Whitten, professor of theology with Franciscan University, Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, also known as FRANU, will join Damien, and they'll have a wonderful talk about almsgiving and Lent. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Happy Monday morning, everyone, and welcome back to Wake Up 12 minutes before the top of the hour. So glad you could join us with us now. This is my good friend, Dr. David Whitten, professor of theology at Fran U. How do you do? I'm doing well. How are you today, Damien? I'm doing great, man. I, I'm just excited. This weather gets me fired up. It's you know, nice. it's like I, I hate cold weather. So when it's like this, I'm in a good mood no matter what happens. Yeah, and it's uh, the sort of weather where you could actually do some stuff outside without suffering so badly. That's right. right. It's, like, it's like time to paint, right? That's right. But it is Lenten season, and we understand suffering to some degree. We always think about uh, different things that go along with Lent and repentance. But today we, you want to talk about almsgiving, and I think that's great because that's, that's an area we don't hear too much about. We all have a conception of, oh, let me give some money, and that's what it means. But there's more to it than that. Yeah, there is. You know, today's readings actually were just perfect, right? So we had the, the Matthew 25 verse uh, where Jesus talks about the separation of the sheep and the goats and the caring mm-hmm. for, for, for himself and who we're supposed to care for, the poor, and so on. Um, and, and, you know, we often, because of just the nature of the Mass and everything else. Prayers is a part of, of Catholic life that most of us are familiar with. Fasting, right, be, because of what we do on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and, and, and the days of abstinence and so on, uh, we're familiar with. But we don't really talk about almsgiving that much. But um, if you sort of look at the, the ancient tradition, they paid a lot of a, a lot more attention to almsgiving than, than we do. In fact, I was talking about this with one of my friends who's, who's not Catholic, he's not Christian. He's like, what's almsgiving? Yeah. Very highly educated person. He's like, yeah. what's almsgiving? He actually didn't even really understand the term. Um, so it's it's a part of our faith. But you know, in the, the passage in Matthew six, where Jesus talks about all three of these prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, it's all three. Yeah, um, he doesn't just talk about about two, but he talks about all three. Uh, and what I've as I've been doing some research on this, I've found some some interesting verses and some. Um, some ways of thinking about this I think are tr- pretty interesting. So I'm going to just give you two verses that are, that are kind of really instrumental for thinking about this, besides what you get in Matthew 6. Um, one is uh, Luke 11, verse 41. Um, and there uh, Luke writes, uh, quoting uh, Jesus, But as to what is within, give alms, and behold, everything will be clean for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the sense that, that giving alms actually is, is sort of cleansing. And, and this works off of um, a verse from Sirach. Okay, that's a... a, a, a a text that the Protestants don't use, but we do. Uh, we use the book of Sirach. Uh, and this is from uh, chapter 3, verse 30. It says, As water quenches a flaming fire, so almsgiving atones for sins. Now, that's actually kind of a really bold sort of thing because we think of uh, atonement as being done on the cross. But mm-hmm. um, if you actually look at the, the, the ancient tradition, like St. Augustine uh, in his Enchiridion writes about um, how almsgiving is, has this atoning element. It's a way of atoning for our sins. Uh, and so there were a lot of penitential practices when people went to reconciliation, uh, where if, for instance, you were uh, engaging in theft or greed or anything like that, the solution wasn't prayer. 
wasn't fasting. It was actually the priest would say your your satisfaction is to go give alms. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Um, and you know we live in a society where we're particularly attached to money, uh, and so that can actually in some sense be more painful for us than than praying, uh, or for uh, giving up our food. Though we live in a land of plenty of that too. Yeah. Uh, so thinking about during Lent, you know, what are my attachments to to money, and, and more importantly, you know, who can I go out and help? Uh, as we read in these verses well, in Matthew 25, right? Who are the poor? Who are the, the hungry? Yeah. Well, you know, you say money, but a lot of people, time is more valuable. Right. And sometimes they throw money at something to figure, oh, I'm doing good. But Mother Teresa, it leads me to a quote she had. It's not how much you give, but how much you put into giving. Right. I think that's... And that is the the important part of almsgiving. Sure. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, there's this discussion in the medieval period about, well, you can't, if you're a priest, you can't ask a poor person to give alms. <laughs> right? They've come and given their confession. Maybe they've, they've stolen something to feed their family, right? Um, you, you know, uh, and they've confessed that. Well, you can't ask them to give alms. They don't have anything to give. Yeah. So there's, there's always that uh, sort of attention to where people are. You're right. Some people give money to make things go away. Right, so they yeah. can actually keep it at arm's length uh, instead of actually walk into it. And so I think there's, uh, in that sense of almsgiving, uh, there also needs to be this sense of relationship. It's not just a matter of writing a check. You know, um, you know sure, you can uh, give some money to St. Agnes, um, but you can also go and actually serve and meet their clients there. Or same thing with St. Vincent de Paul, right? So there's, there is a, always a call to relationship, I think. That, and that's also part of the almsgiving, right? Yeah. Well, that's the question I wanted to ask you is, what are some of the ways people are listening, you know, they probably have been fasting and praying, but what are some of the ways we can uh, enhance our, our Lenten season by almsgiving? Sure. Can you share some examples? Well, and you, you touched on I a couple, touched on right a couple there. of them. And part of it is, I mean, the other thing that almsgiving does is it forces us to pay attention. It forces us to pay. I talk about my, to my students about this all the time, to pay attention to what's going on in the community around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, on my drive here, I'm sure I passed several communities where, that are very poor or where there are people who are hungry. So uh, sometimes you have to do your research. Sometimes you've got places like, um, you know, um, Catholic charities that can help you figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. I've always sort of enjoyed the rice bowl uh, approach yeah. because it combines two things, right? Um, it says, okay, I'm not going to eat, and I'm going to take that money that I'm using to not eat and give it as a form of alms and then also combine that with prayer. I mean, the, the three together yes. are really powerful, right? So I don't eat. I use that money that I would eat with um, to give to the poor, and I take that time that I would be eating uh, and use that for prayer. That's when you sort of get a, a... And that's a great example for your children. Right. You know, because they see that. They want to put the little bowl, rice mm-hmm. bowl together. But but then putting the money in and explaining why. Right. Boy, I think it, it's important to lay the foundation early. Sure. And, and you know, you mentioned the time. So certainly look at Catholic Charities. You can look at you know, any number of different organizations at your parishes. If you're not sure, call your priest. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they'll have ideas about what's uh, where the needs are in the in the community. Uh, so I think it's I mean part of it is is actually doing the investigation yeah and figuring out what's important and what's going on in your community um, you know uh, this, and, and family of course yeah family that that in itself can be almsgiving uh, indeed uh, sometimes more than we want <laughs> <laughs> it could be the hardest and I'm not, it actually can because um, I mean I can think of you know I mean what do you do with a child who's um, an addict to drugs 
uh-huh. uh, you yeah. know, uh, and they're hungry and they're not taking care of themselves. I mean, you know, uh, that can be a big sacrifice in some cases. It may yeah. not always. The other issue is you always have to think about, okay, um, what's going to be good for that person uh, or for that, that community that you're part of. Um, sometimes we can give things that may not actually turn out to be always um, just right for the person that we're giving to. That's always one of the concerns that the Desert Fathers talked about this all the time, about uh, creating unnecessary de- uh, dependencies on things. Mm-hmm. What about your students? Oh, yeah, what, what have you touched, uh, tried to hit home with them, being younger so generation? So in, in, in my intro class, what we do is uh, we do a service learning, so they're required to do 10 hours, so they give that time since they, a lot of them don't have money. Uh, so we have them go out and do service, and part of it is is getting them to precisely to sort of investigate and think about what's going on in my own community. Why why are there people in Baton Rouge who don't have access to food? Um, why are there children who are being abused? Why are there adults who are being neglected? Um, why are there grandparents raising grandkids? There's all th- so those are the kind of questions I get them to ask, and then they actually go out and serve for ten hours a semester awesome. uh, to to get involved in that. So that's sort of uh, the way of getting them started and thinking about this. Well, man, thank you for coming in and sharing your thoughts on almsgiving. I, I know it's helpful, and we're talking to Dr. David Whitten, who is a theology professor at FranU. Always glad to have you. Always glad to be here. Coming back next month, right? I'll be actually here next week. Uh, Next week? That's even better. Okay. We'll close with a prayer, as we always do on this Monday. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God of all goodness, give me a heart of generosity. Show me how to hold my possessions lightly, even mindful of their temporary value. Inspire me to share what I have in full measure so that others are able to live without need or want. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.